mum is slaving away. She's boiling clothes. <laughs> She's boiling clothes in a big vat of clothes. <laughs> She's stirring <laughs> clothes. Welcome to Psychocinematic, the podcast where we analyse depictions of mental illness and disability in popular film and TV. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this place and acknowledge that this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. We respect all elders and ancestors and any First Nations people listening here today. Thank you for that acknowledgement of country, Maz Phanasia. That's okay. Welcome back to the podcast. Oh my God, it's so good to be here. It took a lot of work to get here yeah, today. Make the world's stupidest movie. <laughs> a lot of prep was involved. But also a lot of COVID was involved. A lot of COVID was involved. In, in the making of this podcast. Exactly, exactly. Did you vote today, Matt? I voted today. Good work. I exercised my democratic right. Yes. I kind of hate when people are going about that shit. It sounds very American. Like, oh my God, democracy. Nah, nah, nah. This is democracy. Manifest. Democracy <laughs> manifest. That's how he says it. I love him. I love him. But I would like to know what side of the political spectrum he's actually on, just in case I'm like quoting some fucking like fascist or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, it seemed that he was very anti-capitalism. So probably... I think so. He loved he loved to dine and dash. If you don't know what yeah. we're talking about, Google this is democracy manifest. You should know. <laughs> you should all know. I am just recovering from COVID, but we're yes. back. We're back in business. Um, COVID wasn't that bad. I don't know what all the fuss was about. No. <laughs> Excuse me. Eh? No, it was pretty bad. Um, I felt shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm good now. Did you get binging on anything? Not really, actually. I've been watching The Americans. Oh, um, yeah. Michael loves The Americans. Yeah, it is really good. It's just, um, it's very serious. And it was mm. like, it got a bit much during COVID because I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, That's why I didn't watch past like the second episode because I was like, it's too serious for me. But I think you're just not smart enough. Probably true. No. I'll stand by that. I mean, like, I'm a history queen, so I get it. Another show called The Shining Girls with Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the Glittering Girls is what you said <laughs> Did Tell I? me about it. Like, Did I? The Golden Girls. The Golden the Girls. girls. The Girls. The Shining Girls. The Shining Girls, um, which I'm enjoying, but it's very confusing. I have really no idea what's going on. I haven't been on here in a while. My latest favourite show is Severance. Oh, my God. If you God. haven't seen yes. it, yes. Um, go watch it. The whole season's out. Just fantastic. Really, really loved it. The only problem with Severance, because I've been recommending it to lots of people, is it's on Apple TV. It's on Apple TV. Which often is the last thing people Yeah, no one use. I had like a, I got a free subscription with my laptop. Well, actually, I would pay for Apple Plus for Severance. It's so good. Yeah, um, it's one of the best shows I've watched since <sighs> Succession. Since God. Oh, my God, Succession. Otherwise, I have been watching, I don't know if we want to bring this up, but I have been watching the Johnny Depp Oh, no, we're not talking lot. about Johnny Depp today. <laughs> not today. <laughs> But yeah, I've been watching that pretty closely just um, because I'm interested in hearing what she has to say as well. So mm-hmm. not commenting on it, but I... Good. We won't comment on it. No, but I've just, I've just been watching it. But it also is a lot as well. It's very dry and very... Very dry. Well, it's just, it's, it's court it's, proceeding. It's, it's not a scripted TV no. show. And it is, it's a bit distressing to listen to mm. while you're sick in bed. So... Sounds like you've had a really fun time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everyone, I've moved to Melbourne. Yes. I've got a new job. We're here F to F. Face to face, yeah. <laughs> I right. am L. F to F, bitch. Um, and I've got a new job in media and I'm loving it. I went to a wine winery yesterday, got slizzard. For uh, work. For got work. Got paid for it. It's just fantastic. <laughs> um, out of retail, we've broken free. 
Um, and I'll never go back because it's so much nicer just sitting at an office instead of running around and hurting my body. So what are we doing today, Maz? I think this was a, your pick. Yeah, it was. I like really pushed for it for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good because we've done some heavy shit. Yeah. Um, just and this it was is a break. something a, break. a bit different. Yeah. We're doing the 1971 Willy Wonka directed by Mel Stewart. But it's actually called Willy Wonka and the Chocolate, Chocolate Factory. Factory. Not Charlie and the Charlie. Chocolate Factory. Based on the book, Charlie and, and the, the Chocolate, Chocolate Factory. Factory. Very confusing. Blame hell. One of the reasons why we're not doing... The remake is because of Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> but also that movie fucking sucks, so we're not doing that. Yeah, and it it's it's not as much of a cultural icon. No, it's not zeitgeist. It's um, not zeitgeist. You know, we grew up with Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Many people listening will have as well. And it's such a odd film. <laughs> so fucking weird. It's very weird. <laughs> it's a really, really weird movie. And it touches on quite a few things. That is relevant to this podcast. It is. And it's like we might get criticised for overthinking it or delving into it. It's already been done, Maz. We get criticised for I know, this I know. constantly. But it's like I understand people being like, oh, leave things alone. But also it's fucking fun and it's funny to like really pick something apart and if you don't like it, like, I don't know. This is not the podcast for you. Not the podcast for you. But also like I think it's just fun to complain about things, honestly. I'll just give some interesting background in that it was Academy Award nominated for Best Original Score and Gene Wilder was nominated for a Golden Globe as Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy. He wasn't um, nominated for an Oscar. No. Just a GG. And it didn't win anything. And it really kind of went into obscurity yeah, until like little... the 80s and 90s. Yeah. It got popular again. 1971. Yeah, it's really interesting because that type of movie to me seemed like it would have been really popular at the time. But I guess it is, it's a weird movie and it's yeah. a weird kids movie. I can see why it wasn't that popular yeah. when it first came out. Because I class it in the same type of movies as like Mary Poppins yeah. and like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, even though they're Because we lot, watched it all the time. Yeah, yeah, but they were a lot earlier. But I watched Look Who's Talking constantly and that's not a good movie. And I watched a lot of Will and Grace. <laughs> like so much. Yeah. And Frasier. <laughs> Oh, yeah, funny show. I was like eight. What the fuck? Oh, weird kid. Weird kid, weird kid. <laughs> I liked my little um, history channel shows like Ancient Aliens and oh, like yeah. UFO shit. I was like so wild. So weird. So wild. <laughs> Can I just say it was it was based on the book by Roald Dahl and the book was written in, oh my God, 1960 something. Steph, do you want to recap it? I'll recap it. And I did actually read the original book, <laughs> which is actually more offensive than the film. Surprise, um, surprise. <laughs> So anyway, in a town in England, which is actually filmed in Munich, but anyway. Is it actually set in, like, is it say it's in England? Yeah, I think so, yeah. But yeah, it is actually filmed in Munich and I remember watching them, you know, the bit where, the bit right at the end and being like, God, that's a pretty town. Yeah. <laughs> a German town. Yeah, it looks I'm very German sure as well. London doesn't look that nice. No, no, no. Anyway, it was kind of set in, I guess, the 60s, whenever the book was written, in 1964. Charlie Bucket lives in a shack with his mum, not his dad in in the movie. Dad doesn't exist. Does dad exist in the book? Yes, he does. And his four grandparents who sleep together in a (laughs) four-poster bed. Sleep together. (laughs) They haven't left their bed in 20 years and somehow haven't atrophied. And, like, well, I have a section on on that. We'll get into this, but also mum, Mrs Bucket, Says that um, Grandpa Joe hasn't touched the floor in 20 years. How yeah. does he piss <laughs> and shit? Maybe. Like, just in place? He pisses Maybe in place? Maybe he pisses in place. <laughs> <laughs> like, shelter must, in place? Must, <laughs> he pisses in place. D- 
disgusting. Anyway, <laughs> that's what we'll say. I'm sure disgusting. there's a chamber pot situation or something. But they, they can't touch the floor. But also somehow he buys tobacco. Anyway, oh, anyway. Grandpa, anyway. We'll get to Grandpa we'll Jovi's a fucking snake. They are very poor, although Charlie has just started a paper run and gets to buy a loaf of bread for dinner one night. How wonderful. The town boasts Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, the biggest and best chocolate factory in all the world. After years of having the gates firmly shut to avoid spies to steal their secrets, Wonka starts a competition for five lucky finders of golden tickets hidden in chocolate bars, winning a tour of the factory and a lifetime supply of chocolate. And on this rewatch, my like 600th rewatch, I've just realised that the whole thing was rigged. We, when we see the montages of everyone winning the tickets, um, Slugworth, who is actually Mr. Something, the guy who's posing as Slugworth, who's actually... Who actually works for Willy Wonka. Yeah. yeah. Um, he shows up every time someone wins a golden ticket. And he's just right there. Right there. So it means that he must have known where the where tickets, the tickets were going to go yeah. and, like, he knew who was going to win it. But and they're th- all kids that win it, even though, obviously, Veruca Salt doesn't actually find it herself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think all the – besides Charlie – But he knew that she was going to get it. Yeah, besides Charlie, all the parents facilitate or whatever. Who cares? Yeah. But um, Willy Wonka chose those people – basically, yeah. to get those tickets or knew where they were going to go. Except, like, you think about the logistics of Charlie winning his ticket mm. and, like, they need to make sure that Charlie was in that shop at that exact time and that mm. someone didn't buy it before him. So, I don't know, it's a bit it's a bit murky. Yeah. But I reckon Willy Wonka rigged, had his eyes set on Charlie from the get-go. <laughs> which is kind of creepy. Which is, we'll get into that as well, <laughs> a bit, bit fucked up. It's just, there's lots of conspiracy going on in this movie, um, which I love. <laughs> It's very it. much up your alley in that way. A lot of lore going on. Yes. A lot of, yeah. So on that note, despite all odds against him, Charlie finds a golden ticket along with Germany's Augustus Gloop. Mm-hmm. And they say he's from a made-up town. Anyway. Okay. And Augustus Gloop is, is characterised as a big eater. Veruca Salt, a bratty, spoiled rich Veruca girl. Veruca Salt, who's a cunt. <laughs> She's basically a fucking cunt. She's just a cunt. <laughs> Mike TV, who's suggested to be addicted to watching particularly cowboy shows on TV. Mm-hmm. And Violet Beauregard, who's supposed to be addicted to chewing gum. I actually don't, like, honestly don't mind Violet. Like, Violet's fine. She's got a bit of sass going on. She's a bit annoying. Also, like... Because she's American, of course. Who cares if she chews gender? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Grandpa is so excited about it. <sighs> Fuck Grandpa. He can suddenly walk. And because of gender <laughs> dynamics... Yeah. Nominates himself to go with he's Charlie. Fucking, he's such a selfish cunt. Like, Mum is slaving her. She's boiling clothes. She's boiling clothes <laughs> in a big vat of clothes. <laughs> she's with stirring clothes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they did back then. Is it? I hope it was. <laughs> Ooh. I always thought... <laughs> it's totally like this is delicious. Yeah, just, I'd love to do it one day. But yeah, she's fucking every night. She's boiling clothes. She's looking after these four people that won't lift a fucking finger. <laughs> these smelly old people. So, but she doesn't get to go to yeah, the fucking chocolate. There's factory. no conversation about it. It's just Grandpa Joe. I'm, no, I'm, it's Grandpa I'm Joe. I'm going. So yeah, in the movie, they all get a visit from the creepy, mysterious Slugworth, who offers them a large sum of money in exchange for an everlasting gobstopper from the factory so he can steal the recipe. Mm, that plot is not in the book. Really? Yeah. Oh. Slugworth is mentioned as one of the Competitors, yeah. But none of that happens. That's, wow. Also, mm. well, I think that that whole Slugworth plot was maybe lost on me when I was young. I kind of like, it only took me like to like till recently to realise that he wasn't actually Slugworth. Yeah, that he I'm was. just kind of like, it's a complex child's movie. 
Yeah, yeah, I was always really scared of him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As Charlie tours the marvellous workshop and gets to know the wacky, eccentric genius behind it, each child gets into a precarious situation related to their vice. (laughs) Augustus Gloop falls into the chocolate river while drinking it and gets sucked up a pipe to the fudge room. And it's just watching this bit in the movie and knowing that that is actually that kid up that pipe because... Was it actually? Well, yeah, he he had to... (laughs) He had to keep falling in the water yeah. constantly. <laughs> and that actually smelled really bad or something because, like, the cream. Yeah, apparently in the it was like cream and it was disgusting and stinky and it was cold. Like, it, the things that actors got put through yeah. back then Fuck were pretty up. awful. Like, how old do you reckon that actor was? Like, 13 at the time? Yeah, they're all pretty young, like 12, like, 13. Sorry, I was at work. <laughs> <laughs> What's up the pipe again today at work? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Off you go. And poor old Violet Beauregard had to be in that massive blueberry oh, suit yeah, for yeah, ages. Yeah. I think that like that it like stained her skin like the, yeah yeah the, the purple yeah. Oh. And she just kept having to because it was too hard to get her in and out of the suit. She'd have to just hang there upside down. Love to be a fly for on so the much wall. time. So yeah, she tests some beta gum, which turns her into a massive blueberry. <laughs> Veruca Salt wants everything, so after a big song and dance gets dropped down the rubbish chute because she's a bad egg, mm. and Mike TV sends himself <laughs> by television. My favourite thing is when, like, very small. Um, his mum's, like, so upset, like, that he's small, and then he, she just, like, puts him in her, her handbag. Yeah. Just, like, suffocates the sun. <laughs> Fuck it. In you go. Charlie and Grandpa almost kill themselves by drinking fizzy lifting drinks and float up to a perfectly placed fan in the ceiling, mm. but burp themselves back on the ground just in time. <laughs> But also, can we point out, whose fucking idea was that? <laughs> Grandpa Joe's. It was Grandpa Joe's. Let's steal some drink. And, like, you only had to look up. They did look up to see that big fucking fan yeah. up there. At the end of the tour, they're told to head home without their lifetime supply of chocolate and, when pressed, are made to feel terrible for their fizzy lifting crime, which is my favourite bit. Fizz, fizzy lifting crime. Fizzy lifting crime. Um, fucking fair. I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed too. The ceiling has to be sterilised and washed mm. so you get nothing. Do you remember back in the day, I don't know if you do, um, when there was like board.com or whatever mm. and there was like a GIF and it was... A GIF? <laughs> that's what it's called. Or whatever. There was Ferris Bueller when the principal finds him mm. and, and he's just fi- he's about to get home and he's at the door mm. and he's like, I've got you now, Ferris. And then the door opens and it's... Willy Wonka saying, wrong, sir. You stole Fizzy Lifting. It was like early days of the internet. Like, it was like, I remember the funniest thing. That was That was probably the first meme I was like, this is the best thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. <laughs> However, when Charlie gives Wonka back the everlasting gobstopper promised to Slugworth, Wonka drops the ruse and says, Charlie wins. <laughs> Slugworth is his mate. And the gobstopper thing was a test to see if he was worthy to take over the factory. They go up in the great glass elevator into the sky we turn off the VHS. Can I just say, like, testing a child... That's just not good. ...is just... I don't like tests. No, I don't like tests either. I just don't like tests. Especially also, when it's pretty awful, how we treated him. Like, Charlie Charlie is, like, objectively, like, the, the least privileged child. And, like, it'd be pretty a pretty sweet deal for him to just, like, give Slugworth... The money. I know. Love I would have thing. taken the money if I was him. Yeah. For sure. But he's pure. And Charlie really pure. loves how pure he is. And for some reason, he's like, I love you, Willy Wonka, even though you're a, he's a billionaire. Yeah. He's not distributing his wealth evenly. Okay, so. Um, and also using slaves. Anyway. Willy Wonka says he had to test you 
And then when he gives him the factory in the glass elevator, he says, I knew a long time ago that I need to give this to a child. <laughs> I need to give my factory to a child because grown-ups want to do everything their own way. That's why I needed to find a child. <laughs> so Gene Wilder died in like 2016. Mm. So Charlie would have only like inherited, that's it, like if we like yeah, say, true. he would have only inherited it like fucking like six years ago. Well, on that note... To really fucking hold out for that factory. (laughs) When that happened, um, the actor who played Charlie, Peter Ostrom, changed his social media profile to former child actor veterinarian. He did become a veterinarian. Good for him. Inherited a chocolate factory on 29th of August 2016. Yeah, I really had to... The Glass Elevator is a sequel. Yeah. It was supposed to be turned into a movie as well, Mm. but... I think they didn't want to push it, and I don't think Roald Dahl was keen. Let's start lived experience. We're talking about fucking Roald Dahl. Yeah, I didn't do the research. Like all I really know is that he's like no good. He's no good, everyone. Yeah. He's yeah. no good. Just by watching the movie and reading the book, this is what I've determined that Roald Dahl doesn't like. <laughs> <laughs> Things Roald Dahl doesn't like. Number one, wealth, which is fair, but also really. Wonga is fucking rich as cunt. Yeah, rich as cunt. but he likes he likes wealth as long as you're an eccentric person who has exactly, the wealth. Exactly. He doesn't like chewing. <laughs> he doesn't like I don't really get his deal like, what, about chewing. What's this song like? Wait. Yeah, there's like the repulsive a, and wrong chewing all day long, the way that a cow does. Yeah, giving good manners, you'll go far. So it's bad manners to chew gum. I chew. I used to chew gum. Uh, don't tell Appa about this, everyone. I used to chew gum in my therapy sessions with clients sometimes. No one cared. I just I'd I, rather a better breath. Yeah, <laughs> and like I need it. I need to, to wet my mouth because I always have a dry mouth because of my meds. So there's it's nothing wrong important. with chewing gum. And if I don't chew gum, I drink more water and then I need to go to the toilet like every ten minutes. If I chew gum as a way to alleviate boredom, then I'm not just going to like eat junk food. Exactly. But you know what? Eating junk food's fine. You should do it if you want to. Except if you're a Gustus Galoop. You know what else Roald Dahl doesn't like? <laughs> junk food. <laughs> He doesn't like eating in general. What are you at getting terribly fat? He is the fat-phobicest person in the world. Exactly, even though Willy Wonka loves eating. He's always eating a bar of chocolate in each of the scenes too. Like he's got a little bit of chocolate in his hand every now and then. Yeah, he's like a diabetic, clearly. Who, Willy Wonka? Or maybe he's having hypos, is that what you're saying? I'm just saying he probably has diabetes because he drinks so much. Eats so much sugar. But you get diabetes more from like... um, Listen to our diabetes episode about diabetes because it's not as easy as you eat too much sugar and you get diabetes. Fuck. It's a little bit more nuanced than that. So like. he does, yeah. So he doesn't like eating. Really hates like, like if you read the book, the actual mm. Oompa Loompa songs are much more like really awful towards chewing, watching TV, being fat. <laughs> and yeah, like one of the lyrics in the movie is, what do you get from a lot of TV? A pain in the neck and an IQ of three. And I'm here to tell you an IQ of three is not possible. Mm. What's the lowest IQ you can have? You basically become unaccessible at a certain point. Okay. Like 50 is, is about the, the cutoff point. Mm. And be, below that, you basically can't be assessed because you're not finishing yeah. the actual um, subtests in order to get a score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I mean? So there, I've n- there's no such person with an IQ of three. <laughs> so they well, should have researched that. And that would have been the case in 1964 as well. For sure. But, yeah, it hates TV. But getting what you want is bad, apparently. <laughs> Although, you know, Veruca Salt is a little what bitch. Is, so what is Veruca? What does the song for Veruca go? Don't care. 
How I know that song. I want it now. Uh, so he doesn't like greediness. Yeah, greed. 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 But also, like, Willy Wonka has greed, too. What makes her worse than him? Also, Willy Wonka hates children. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I think Roald Dahl hates yeah. children. Like, why does he want to kids around the factory if he hates them all? He kills all the children. <laughs> he kills all the children. He also makes kids sign a liability document. And, you know, the only one who doesn't give a fuck about that is Grandpa Joe. He's I like, know. fuck it, Charlie, we've got nothing to lose. <laughs> which we assume is like an accident indemnity clause, which is fine, but it should be the parents that sign it. Yeah. Well, it should also be readable. The only time he ever says, like, it's actually parents who are in charge of their kids being shit is, like, in one line, which was uh, the Veruca Salt song, like, the mother and the father. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like that But concept. other than that, the kids all get punished. Yes. Like, their parents... I guess they kind of get punished in proximity, but it's the kids that end up like yeah. down the rubbish chute and up the yeah turn into a little boy, a little little boy. Veruca's <laughs> <laughs> um, dad also goes down the incinerator, like down the rubbish chute, but he puts but, himself down there. Yeah, but then Augustus Gloop's mum is just like, "Oh no, my son! <laughs> He'll be turned into marshmallows in five seconds." Um, I have to say though, I love Gene Wilder in this. Like when he's like, "What's that outrageous? That's not where it goes." Yeah. <laughs> Like, I love this. He's, it's really fun. Like, it's a fun. He's funny. I'm going to pick apart a lot of the shit he says because whatever, but it's so funny. It's so funny. But that's most of it, I think, is Gene Wilder just yeah. being him. Just He's being hilarious. Like fucking crazy man. Because a lot of the things, like, some of them were written lines, like his funniest lines, but a lot of them were just him yeah. putting his spin on it. What else Roald Dahl hates? Oh, yeah, please. Americans. Fair. Which is fine. Yeah. Other races? Because the last golden ticket finder who was like, a swindler, it was a scam, was mm. from Paraguay. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the only, like, non-speaking person who won the golden ticket and turns out to be a scam. So like, I, how ethnocentric can you be? I picked up on that as well when I was watching it and I just, yeah, I thought it was racist because he's it's a South American um, Latina. Spoiler alert, Roald Dahl is racist. Just well, so yeah, we know. know. <laughs> we know. But um, it was interesting I was reading about that because I was going down my rabbit hole of, like, conspiracy theory stuff and then I realised that the picture that they show of the winner on the black and white well also the south american tv station is like black and white as well it's like they're like old old timey but the photo they show is actually um real life nazi (laughs) martin (laughs) borman oh Um, fuck so he was like uh the director of propaganda or something like that it was like one of hitler's like right hand men so the director put that in as like a joke mel stewart put it in yeah he put it in as a joke to be like I think it's pretty funny, honestly. Like, <laughs> now, that, now that I know that, it is. Yeah, but at the same time, like the implica- like that didn't age very well because um, oh, it looked so racist. Roald ends up being ended up being like a Nazi, right? Yeah, an anti-Semite. He's like anti-Semite. So like the implications are pretty shit that he put that in there. But yeah, so Mel Stewart ended up um, regretting putting that in because no one actually knew who that was. Yeah, but um, that's a very funny joke. But the joke was. There was a theory that a lot of the Nazis escaped to South America after World War II. I remember my ex-boyfriend's mum talking about because she was South America. She's from Argentina. And you're going to say Argentina. Argentina. And she um, just like, she, uh, there was no agenda with her saying this, but she was like, you go out to the Argentinian countryside and there's a lot of blonde hair, blue-eyed people. So mm. it's kind of this idea that maybe they did. So that was right. what the director was referring to. Yeah, his <laughs> escaped German um, Nazi going to South America and then yeah. his fucking forged a uh, fake ticket which is yeah funny but also it's funny and fine because they're like making a hit reference to hitler and nazis being bad bad and scammy yeah but in hindsight hindsight the fact that not great 
Roald Dahl was an actual Nazi or anti-Semite. Anti-Semite. And the fact that it is... It comes across racist. Yeah. Because, yeah. But I think, like, there's other things in the movie, like, whenever, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> whenever um, Willy Wonka starts talking in a different language, the parents are like, what is this? Yeah. I can't take it yeah, anymore. And, much. like, Augustus Gloop is German. Yeah, literally German. Like, it is, there's a time where he speaks German. And, yeah. like, that would make sense to yeah, me. Yeah, that would, well, <laughs> I can't take much. Well, I guess when he was speaking German, Augustus was already up the tube. So. <laughs> True. It's kind of pointless. So it didn't make any sense. Maybe he learnt German just for the occasion. <laughs> he knew. Also, I posit that Roald Dahl hates curiosity in kids because yeah. the kids all end up in precarious situations because they want to explore yeah. and try. And, and it's, it's so stupid. Like, they go into the invention room and Willy Wonka's like, don't fucking touch anything. It's like, like you just got, like, te- like five ten-year-olds into, yeah. like, this room with this bizarre shit and you're like oh no don't touch and anything. also they're better behaved 10 year olds than most yeah <laughs> to be honest yeah they really and they don't do killed. that much and Charlie's like the least curious in the book they don't get killed but they get like well I don't I don't know if they get killed in the movie either but like no but for all intents and purposes no one gets killed but in the book they come out like Augustus is really long and skinny oh, yeah, that happens in the remake as well like you see there's a shot of them walking out yeah, and oh, one yeah. is really flat. So they're and, um they're scarred permanently. Yeah, <laughs> and and then it's like body body gross out humor sort of thing. Yeah, which is not good. Can I tell you about Roald Dahl? Yeah, that's what you were Can doing. <laughs> Let me tell you about Roald Dahl and his life, etc. From what we know, from what's been written, there was a whole article by Tessa Dahl, his daughter. Oh. So yeah, had, how many kids does he have? I'll, I'll tell you about his marriage and then his kids because oh, it's a bit of a story. Oh my god. Um. He married Hollywood actor Patricia Neal, who apparently later nicknamed him Rolled the Rotten because of his alleged mistreatment of her. Alleged. And I'm sure it was real, like, believe women. Um, The couple settled in England and had five children together. Mm. But as his writing career took off, his four-month-old son Theo suffered a severe brain injury when his pram was hit by a taxi in New York City. And then... His eldest daughter, Olivia, died of measles encephalitis at the age of seven. Fuck, trudge. In 1962. Wow. And then he had three other kids. So he had five kids and, like, it, like you'd, you'd assume he'd be pretty traumatised by the fact that two of them died, but he, like, wrote a book about five kids who, like, are all shit. They're all... <laughs> so, like... Uh, uh, I know. Rolled? Rolled? Um, and then also, just to finish that point, Patricia Neal suffered a series of strokes um, which from which he never fully recovered. He divorced Neil and married a set designer with whom he'd had an 11-year affair and he was an anti-Semite. <laughs> but there's a lot of evidence of him being an anti-Semite and I won't go into it. But finishing up this kids as well, like his daughter Tessa wrote a big um, article about how he was a real narcissist. She had a lot of mental health diagnoses and he refused to let her see a psychiatrist or a psychologist and Mm. had really bad views on mental health. And it seems like he really neglected her and did a lot of golden child black sheeping. Mm, 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 Um, And the daughter that died was like his favourite. So it sounds like she had a really rough childhood. Um, So it was a bad dad. Yeah, it was a bad dad. And he's like... You know, generally loved for someone who loves kids, but I don't think he did. <laughs> well, yeah, he fucking. How many books did he write? Well, he a he lot. did he did end up writing like other like adult yeah, novels he did, as well. He did. But yeah, a lot of kids. The BFG, the witches, the witches, James and the JJ Peach. Dahl wrote in reference to Jewish people in 1983. Never before in the history of man has a race of people switched so rapidly from being much-pitied victims to barbarous murderers. Is he talking about Israel? It was about the Lebanon War. 
I'm not going to say he has a point. Well, he's saying a race of people. Yeah. He's not saying those people who are killing people. He's saying a race of people. I just want to... I'm not agreeing, okay? <laughs> and I'm not anti-Semitic. That's an anti-Semitic statement to make, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The way, yes. He's also said things like, those powerful American Jewish bankers... And the U.S. government was utterly dominated by the great Jewish financial institutions. So he's there. like a... Um, he thinks that Jews a new world are, orderer. Yeah, and <laughs> Jews are taking over the world and taking all your money. So fucking dumb. So fucking dumb. But he says he's anti-Israeli and has become... This is what he said. I've become anti-Semitic in it, as much as you get a Jewish person in another country like England strongly supporting Zionism. Mm. He just really didn't explain himself very well. No, like I know I get that, and I think I come across problems when I talk about Israel because I come across. I think people assume I'm being anti-Semitic, but it's a lot more nuanced, and I've obviously spent a lot of time refining my ideas and arguments in effort to not be anti-Semitic. And it's obviously, if you want to listen to my podcast, about this, well, one <laughs> yeah. episode of the podcast I did about it, but like it's it's like it was, it's a very informative one though. You explained it to me very well. It's like there's a very large difference between. being being Jewish and being a Zionist. It's almost, it's, I think it's a similar like dichotomy between being um, a Muslim and being a, a, terrorist, a terrorist or like, yeah. yeah, just because your religion or ethnicity might be aligned with something in some circumstances doesn't apply to everyone, obviously. So yeah. Yeah. it's a small faction or a small percentage of Jewish people that are violent and murder yeah. people. But it Whatever. didn't seem like he was. No, I, he that. didn't have that nuance. Surely <laughs> he didn't not. have that he, thought process. It it's not a big of a, as much of a stretch to think that. He hates children. He hates most people. He hates chewing. <laughs> so he probably also is anti-Semitic. Yeah. Doesn't seem to love women much no. either, to be honest. Does like, the movie pass the Bechdel test? I didn't think about I it. I don't think it does because I don't the think... The mums might talk to each other in like... No. That's 105%. <laughs> They're talking to Willy Wonka. That's not an example. <laughs> it's so and, fun. That bit's so funny. And it, as the Bechdel cast ladies will say, it's not a perfect test. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it does not pass. I thought, because you know there's that um, quote, that's, I think it's something like Einstein or someone like smart, who's like, thinking is 50% buttercream ripple. Buttercream <laughs> 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 electricity. <laughs> Uh, yes. I thought that was a... He, he quotes a lot of things. Yes. I'll um, get to... And the... poets and stuff. It's what it's quite it? funny. That is my favourite. So in the invention room, when... <laughs> that's 105%, like that bit where he's like... talking like, creativity is like 70%. Ambition but, or whatever yeah, it says. Yeah, butterscotch ripple and electricity or whatever. And then he drinks it. And, <laughs> Any good? Yeah. <laughs> Any good? He goes, yes! <laughs> so, he's so funny. It's really, really, really funny. And it's a kid's movie. I love it. Mm-hmm. And just to finish up on Roald Dahl, he hated the movie. He really didn't want them to make it a musical. And to be honest, the songs aren't that good. The only shit song is Cheer Up Charlie to me. But it drags everything oh my God. down. It really, it, if, you, if you just adopt the Finesse method, skip through it, <laughs> never watch that part of the movie, you're good. But, like, none of the songs went on to be, like, Sammy Davis Jr. did a version of Candyman, which got popular. But I, I didn't even know that. that was a thing no, um, never heard of until it. I heard it on, like, Kindling Radio. What's Kindling? It's for kids, like, oh. radio for kids. Freaky. <laughs> um, it's weird. It's got songs in it, but it's not that. It's not that. It's not really a musical. Yeah, there's only a couple, really. I, I like um, Pure Imagination. 
Yeah. Candyman's uh, song at the beginning, I have, we haven't touched on that, is fucking weird. Yes. He's a fucking weird. The the shop owner, I think it's oh like Bill or Jim yeah. or... Well, it's Bill's sweet shop. Yeah. He's a fucking freak. He, like, the way they've parted his hair, they want to make him look fucking like weird. Like a little bit creepy. Like um the child snatcher from... Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. that, like, literally. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. We should do that one one Oh, my God, yes. And then all he's doing is giving away fucking free candy to his all his kids after school. Oh, they no. all race into the shop after school, like, straight there, and he's just... Stole them out, and then Charlie's like looking in the window, like pondering, like, like Wish sadly. Wish I could have the candy, but it's like, but the, you can. The kids aren't paying for it. Like, so <laughs> what, we, why just go in, mate? Like, I don't get it. But then when he comes in to buy, yeah, he's like, <clears throat> give me the money. Yeah, give me the money. Like, okay, like, like, can mm. you just like slip him an extra bit of chalky? Yeah, he's clearly the chalky. poorest man in in the town. He's really yeah. So I don't know how he makes any money. That's a good point. But it's yeah. from Charlie. He <laughs> takes from what the poor. <laughs> Just that's his like weekly like poor kid. He's like, <laughs> Capitalism. Other lived experience things in the movie. I'll just briefly touch on Mel Stewart, the director, and the reason why he turned it into a movie. Um, his daughter was reading the book and asked him, which is cute. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, he likes children, hopefully. So Walper, I think, was the producer. Um, it was financed and the rights were purchased for the purpose of promoting a new Quaker Oats Wonka bar. So, okay. So, so the company Quaker Oats put money into it so that they could release a chocolate bar uh, to go with the movie. Okay. So it was basically funded by like a, a chocolate. Chocolate. Well, Quaker Oats, like they're popular oats in the US, but I guess uh, also chocolate. Interesting. Okay. So it was like basically like a PR stunt. Yeah. And they changed the name from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory to make the product placement for the Wonka bar having yes. like a closer association. That's interesting. So capitalism. Capitalism, <laughs> yeah, we made it happen. But then like Nestle owns Wonka now, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. But like, that only came out like in the 2000s. Yeah. Gene Wilder. Um, Gene had, as most comedians do, a bit of a history with mental illness, it mm. seems. He, in his 2005 autobiography, Kiss Me Like a Stranger... He told how he was consumed by self-loathing and guilt if he was happy. He called it his demon, saying, my mother was suffering every day of her life and what right did I have to be happy? Mm-hmm. He later remembered his childhood as sane but disturbed. He was drawn to acting after watching his sister perform on stage, saying it gave him the chance to be someone else. And this is the saddest thing. When he was 13, he was sent to the Black Fox Military Institute in Hollywood where he was sexually assaulted by another pupil and bullied for being Jewish. I didn't realise he was Jewish. Again, <laughs> Roald Dahl hated him too. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably why he didn't like the movie. <laughs> I don't know if I've really seen that many Gene Wilder movies. I don't even know. I think I've... Young Frankenstein. I think I don't very think... funny. Okay, genuinely funny. I don't think I've actually seen it. I've seen little parts, but that's. But I'm like in love with him. He's very good in. But does he have? He's got no cancelability so far. No. Oh, he was. He had a lot of. I'm sure he wasn't the best partner to women. But I don't think there's anything too damning. He, um, oh, he's a man, so like he, he's shit. I know, exactly. He's a man in Hollywood. But he he got married to Gilda Radner. They met, got married in 1984 and they were like really into each other. And she died in 1989. Of what? Cancer. Cancer. Um, oh, Trudge. So they had four wives. Um, oh. But he died of uh, Alzheimer's. Oh, yes. But he didn't want to tell anyone that he had it and he he said like he didn't want kids to know that Willy Wonka has Alzheimer's because he didn't want them to think of Willy Wonka as that like unwell which is like he didn't want to ruin the magic which in some ways I like respect but also like oh mate you're not that big of a deal (laughs) no no just like (laughs) 
We need to know that people yeah. get old and, and die of things and really our brains atrophy sometimes. Like he literally had to get a child in so he could like groom him and then take over his factory. Like it's built into the narrative that he's going to get old and die yeah. at some point. Like kids know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Otherwise, why do we need Charlie? Did he seem like a genuinely like sweet guy? Like I watched the um, making of documentary and he is oh. just pretty lovely about the way he was with the kids on stage like Mm. he had a really close bond with a lot of them particularly the one who played Charlie Mm. and like they didn't see each other since then but they were like you know we're we're bonded forever sort of thing (sighs) and he he like in lots of scenes he wanted to like say I'm just gonna like be mad at you but I'm not really mad at you I love you but he was like no if I do that then they won't be as upset for the camera so I have to make it seem like I am really angry at them and of course they were like really shocked by him and then he would be like it was just a joke (laughs) I love him but apparently like in the tunnel scene all the actors reactions were genuine yeah and the (laughs) only one who likes it is fucking Grandpa Joe he's like I love it Charlie so good love that dead chicken and they all thought that he'd had like a psychotic meltdown so he's very yeah you can see it and it's he's so good at it yeah um, I'm going to get into the Oompa Loompas in yes. great detail, but I just want to tell you one of the Oompa Loompas was very prolific in talking to news articles and stuff about his experience. He seemed to be really key. <laughs> um, Rusty Goff. Rusty. Um, he, he had an interview with Daily Beast and they fed him different chocolates and got him to test which one was which oh with you know, being blindfolded and stuff. But he had to say that they could only find five actors of short stature in the UK. So they brought in a number of actors from other countries, many of which didn't speak English, and they ate a lot of candy on set and ended up with a lot of cavities. Oh, okay. So, yeah, double whammy. Like, they all got fucking... They all got fucking... Their teeth are no fucked. No one brushed their fucking teeth. No, no. But they didn't get names or have any motivations for what they were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... They just wanted to make them look the way they looked on the set. Yeah. And it seems like they just kind of treated them like objects. They didn't even bother to get interpreters, so they give them directions. <sighs> yeah, yeah, Even yeah. though they're in the middle of Europe? Yeah. Surely that wouldn't be hard. No. Were they like mostly German? Uh, there was someone from Malta, there was someone from Germany, there was someone from France, I think, like a whole bunch Everyone of Everyone in Europe speaks English. Like, fucking, like, get an interpreter. Easy yeah. peasy. Yeah, yeah. Well, everyone in Europe speaks English. <laughs> but, yeah, it sounds like they were just kind of left to just do your thing, just look yeah. the part, guys. Just flip around and... The only thing I'm going to say is... No one else in this movie, none of the actors, particularly the kids, did anything else no, after that. No, Veruca Salt did a lot of TV. She also became a psychotherapist. But yeah, that's that's kind of a rundown. The only other thing is um, Jack Albertson, who played Grandpa Joe, died of colon cancer in 1981 and didn't want to tell anyone about it, just kept acting. And I just fucking hate when people don't tell people when they're going to die. Mm, just mm, tell mm. someone. I reckon, you know how Gene Wilder put a lot of himself into the role? I reckon Grandpa Joe also put a lot of self, <laughs> himself into that role. So you think that Jack Albertson is also an evil Oh, yeah. That's right. it comes, I reckon Grandpa Joe is not even as bad as the actor. <laughs> like, fuck me. Anyway, we'll get to that. Let's talk about, rather than accuracy, what diagnoses perhaps some of the characters might have. Yeah. So, Maz, you've been doing some deep diving into Willy Wonka. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. What does Willy Wonka have, Mazzy? Well, when I did some research for this, I found a lot of articles talking about schizotypal personality disorder and also um, narcissistic personality disorder Mm -hmm. as possible diagnoses. But when I got to the articles, they were, like, mostly, like, 
grade 10 like film <laughs> study essays like they were not very well sourced or um thorough yeah. research i did find one really good article but it was translated from i think it may have been indonesian so it was a bit rough can i just say when whenever i'm looking up articles for t- particular movies i do find a lot of high school articles and yeah. i think did like a bunch of schools it must have been. This is what you need to do research on. Yeah, it must have been like an assignment in a, in a psychology <laughs> class or something. Yeah, 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 or like an English whatever. Yeah, but yeah. So it, there is some compelling um, evidence for a schizotypal personality disorder, which is a mental and behavioural disorder. Tell me more about it because it's not something I've ever come across in my work. Well, so I have never really looked into it that much. much. Oh, I thought you were a psychologist. Well, <laughs> you don't um, always work with everybody in the DSM. So the DSM classifies it as a disorder specifically as a personality disorder characterized <laughs> by thought disorder, paranoia, a characteristic form of social anxiety, derealization, transient psychosis, and unconventional beliefs. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's that common. Yeah, it's not very commonly diagnosed. Yeah, I think it probably gets uh, like aligned with like sch- um, schizophrenia. schizophrenia. Yeah, and that's, I think, a tricky thing is determining which is which and there's lots of crossover. Yeah, so people with the disorder feel profound discomfort in forming and maintaining social connections with other people, often due to the belief that other people harbour negative views about them. They have peculiar speech mannerisms and socially unexpected modes of dress. Um, they react oddly in conversations, frequently interpret situations as being strange, having unusual meaning for them, paranormal, and so superstitious beliefs are common. Can I just say... I <sighs> just sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the dress thing, like, I think some people probably think that my modes of dress are a little bit socially unexpected. You know what I mean? Like, so much of the DSM is context-driven like, yeah. in the society we live yeah, in. Yeah, it's cultural and, like, societal. I guess... Like, well, that's one of the points, but he does seem to dress like a Compared fucking freak. Every- like a fucking freak. <laughs> fucking dress is great. Like, no, the purple? Yeah. Fuck yeah. So, yeah, we're pathologizing Willy Wonka's behavior here, but at the same time, we love it, obviously. To meet the criteria, you need to meet five out of these seven. So, the first one is ideas of reference. What does that mean? Um, so, I had to look this up too. It's... Describe the phenomena of an individual experiencing mm. innocuous events or mere coincidences and believing that they have a strong personal significance. Yeah, I get you. It's a notion that everything one perceives in the world relates to one's own destiny. Yeah. So sort of that really... Um, Fate, like everything has... A... Yeah, and, and seeing patterns and things that yeah. aren't really there. Yeah. yeah, which is probably why it's, it gets diagnosed with like schizophrenia, like the similarity. I guess you could make that claim the tickets weren't rigged. Well, yeah, I, but they were. We don't have much evidence of that. Like, I, I, I could see it for him. I get, I get a vibe from him. Yeah, I could get that, that vibe. He might be from that. But yeah, we don't have much evidence of that. Mm-hmm. Number two is strange beliefs or magical beliefs, which is inconsistent with subcultural norms. For example, superstitiousness, belief in clairvoyance, telepathy, bizarre fantasies, or preoccupation. But mm. it's really hard <laughs> because this story is set in a place that is magical. Yeah, true. Like, so it's, it's. It's a hard, like, I would say yes, but at the same time, like... People turn into blueberries. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, you know, and, like, in his factory, like, he can add, like, um, a shoe to a pot of uh, mixture and add a little kick. Like, <laughs> the, the bounds of reality are blurred. Yeah, exactly. In this life. In this universe. So, that's, it's kind of hard. And, like, you know, Lumpaland, like... Yeah. Clearly isn't a real place. But... But, yeah, we'll get It there. is. Yeah. So, number three. So, like, if you're on two, um, but whatever. Strange thinking mm. and speech... For example, vague, circumstantial, metaphorical, over-elaborate or stereotyped speaking, which I think he really fucking nails, yeah, which he, is like best he part He says of all those little 
poems and riddles and yeah speaks in riddles and weird phrases which is abstract and confusing often directly avoids answering questions he finds uncomfortable just by like talking stupid shit mm. um so here's some examples <laughs> um you just want you just want to say these quotes i just want to say these quotes the suspense is terrible i hope it will last that's my which favorite I love. like what the fuck does that mean <laughs> it's actually from a poem apparently. oh is it yeah. okay two naughty nasty little children gone that's <laughs> two good sweet yeah. little children left. It's just a weird way of talking um and then he's things at one point a little nonsense now and then relished by the wisest men <laughs> i think might be a, like a, a po- something yeah maybe you just made it up um, i think most of them are quotes references yeah. yeah and so shines a good deed in a weary world not real that's just kind of wanker talk <laughs> <laughs> if the good lord had intended us to walk he wouldn't have invented roller skates <laughs> And then at one point he says, we are the music makers and we are the dreamers of dreams. That's my favourite bit too. Which, but, what the heck is this yeah. Snorsberry? We are the music yeah, makers. Yeah, he like grabs her by the lips. Candy is dandy, but liquor is quicker. <laughs> Where is the fancy bread in the heart or in the head? <laughs> oh, you should never, never doubt what nobody is sure about, which is just a confusing sentence. So yeah. a, a lot of these are also in the book too. Okay. So unfortunately we have to credit Roald Dahl with Oh, I thought he was just the, making up some of that quips. Humor. But you know. Gene made it his Oh, way. he... Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so number... So, so yeah, takes that, that one. Number four is suspiciousness or paranoid ideation. So I think he definitely ticks that because he totally shuts down the factory. Mm-hmm. Um, this, quote, this is a quote from the book that um, one day all of a sudden Mr. Wonka had to ask every single one of them, the workers, to leave or go home and never come back. And he obviously thinks that spies are trying to steal his secrets, which is a reference to a real thing that happened in real life, was it? Like there was yeah, a... Yeah, um, yeah. People would, would keep stealing his recipes and suddenly they'll be really releasing things that he's just released but that does the same thing that his candy does in real life though like what's a real life example of that it's like cadbury and something right during Roald Dahl's childhood, the two largest British candy firms, Cadbury and Roundtree, sent so many moles to work in competitors' factories that their spying became legendary. Mm. This devious corporate practice serves neatly as Dahl's premise. So, while he is paranoid... There's, um, like, a decent reason behind it. And suspicious, it. yeah, if that's kind of, yeah. But at the same time, it's a bit over the top. It's over the top because he's obviously got so many inventions and so he's, yeah. he's the biggest chocolate factory in the world. He like, needs help. And this is what I hate about billionaires and this come has come up a lot lately like being so protective over their absolute huge wealth yeah when like you're gonna it, be okay yeah, like if someone <laughs> took like 99 percent of it you still be you'll fine. still be <laughs> fine like, like fuck you'll you. still make plenty of money also you have copyrighted it so yeah, like, you will you can sue the pants off people like, yeah yeah i just yeah, find that fuck Willy Wonka. That need to hoard and be yeah. so protective a little bit. So, yeah. Over the top, yeah. He mistrusts think. the people around him. And obviously, like, the elaborate plot with fucking Slugworth, the fake Slugworth and stuff, it's a bit shit. So I would tick, him, tick that box for him. Yeah, that's a very, very, speaks to his suspiciousness about someone inheriting. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a big elaborate plot to yeah. trust a kid. Yeah, when he could have. When maybe he should just not I trust just reckon there's probably like, well, that, but one, <laughs> probably shouldn't trust a 10-year-old to be like, factory. here you go, have my entire factory, yeah. 10-year-old boy. But also, I'm Fuck. sure there's a more ethical way to do that. I don't know, like vets, the new, whatever. Um, so number five is inappropriate or constricted effect. Affect. Affect. So I think that's more like um, lack of empathy yes. in speech and just kind of like... Just like not being bothered yeah. by things that you should be bothered about. And he clearly does not give a fuck <laughs> about the children. And yeah. when they're you know, like, oh, stop, help. Oh, yes. Oh, please. Which is like, you know, funny in the movie because like he doesn't give a fuck and yeah. he like knows that they're going to fail. 
uh, somehow. Let's tick that one. Six, strange behaviour or appearance. He is a strange looking man. And behaves quite strangely. Does behave quite strangely. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to tick that. And then lack of close friends, which like his only friends are his colonised people that he's imported from Land. The logic in his brain of like, I need someone to take over my factory is to not like employ some people or like kind of like go like a traditional route. He's like, I'm going <laughs> to... Set up a worldwide competition and kill four kids and then, like, have a child take over a factory. Like, it's a... The logic isn't sound. Yes. So I would give him... Makes no sense. I'd give him a tick. So, yeah, I think it's pretty convincing that he could have those things. And actually, the fact that he's so distrusting that he wants a 10-year-old poor boy to run his factory when he could literally choose anyone else with experience (laughs) and maybe, you know... Who wants to do that? But it is, like, kind of grooming behaviour as well. Like, he yes. can, like, he can shape his idea and, like, the whole, like, um... Well, my thing is he's a bit Peter Pan yeah. syndrome Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you kind of see in people like Michael Jackson. Like... Michael Jackson. You're, like, trying to, like, cough, cough, but you just said it. Um, no, I just... Michael Jackson. <laughs> just don't want to rub anyone's feathers, but Michael Jackson had lots of grooming behaviour in the yeah. same way that Willy Wonka did. And I think... You know, well, he Michael, was just, just straight up sexually abusive. Yeah. And <laughs> it, some of the things you see Willy Wonka do is kind of like a little bit like MJ a little bit. And he, and Michael Jackson loved like this movie. And oh, yeah. Pan, yeah, um, very, very. You know, I just love the children. I just, I just love the children. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of worrying For in the fact that it kind of dismisses that potentially pedophilic behavior. Yeah. Is happening like that. I like the last bit in the movie when he's in the great grass elevator and then he gives Charlie a really big hug. It just makes me feel a bit weird. Yeah. And I don't know if that's me being gross. Yeah, probably is. It just feels weird. But at the same time, I did see a lot of people talking about him possibly having narcissistic personality disorder. I can see traits for that. I can see the traits, but I'm more inclined to think it's schizotypal. I think he's um, not charming enough. For it to be narcissistic personality disorder, usually people with that disorder have more people in their circle yeah. and they manipulate people. Yeah, he wasn't really manipulating he anyone, see, and he doesn't really seem to care about his appearance or how he looks to yeah. other people because he's just like I'm he's fucking, just I'm a fucking weirdo. It's chill. you know he like, doesn't really have charm. No, he's more he's um, charming just, in a he's very way. weird. People think yeah. he's very weird. Yeah, whereas people with NPD people don't tend to think as weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When once they get to know them and their their way of thinking, it comes off maybe sometimes as weird, but. Not not Willy Wonka style. So yeah, done and dusted. Done and dusted. Willy Wonka, you schizotypal king. What about other people? Veruca Yeah, Sol. diagnose the kids, bitch. I mean, I don't think I want to diagnose. No, they're the too kids. young. They're too young. A, all their parents are the problem. Yes. <laughs> you can't really extrapolate that from the environment that they're in. No. I mean, it's pretty clear that Veruca Sol is a spoiled bitch. But is that because? Um, she's got like some sort of psychopathology or is it because that's the sort of environment she's brought up in where you just get what you want? Mm-mm-mm-mm. And I have seen, like, I saw a lot of, um, talk about, um, what's his face? Augustus Gloop. Gloop. Yeah. <laughs> Having binge eating disorder. But I'm also like, he's a fucking 10 year old. Like. Also, you don't see him eat in the don't. movie. You only you see don't. him at the beginning eat. So if he was that like, well, he eats, disordered like in his in, eating. He's really, he, he drinks. He does drink. But, like, I would have fucking drank that water. So Everyone like, was eating in that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my, that's my point. But I do love 
And it's a bit of a shitty stereotype that, like, the parents like eating a lot. Mm. Um, and when he, <laughs> the dad, whoever is like, eats the microphone. <laughs> like, that's kind I always of, thought that was funny. I, it might be, like, a shitty stereotype, but it's really it's funny. It's a shitty stereotype, but, but it's really funny. It is funny. <laughs> he eats the microphone. <laughs> okay. And, like, you know, if someone was being annoying and, and interrupting my dinner, I'd probably try and eat them too. I do love the psychiatrist scene in the movie. And I love all those little bits. Because I'm sure that was not in the book. No, no. I think there was a couple in there. There was also some in the book that didn't make it in the movie, like the king of India who wanted a chocolate palace, but that made it into the remake. And then the palace smelted. I think I always thought the psychiatrist was Slugworth. They look really similar. They look similar. (laughs) They sound similar. Do we with the ticket this? Like, you know, he says to the his patient, like, to believe in one's dreams is a manifestation of insanity and the sooner you accept this, the sooner you'll get well. Yeah. And then they start talking about the golden ticket and he's like, no, I'm not going to believe my own science. Tell me where the ticket is. Yeah. We are also, also ruthless as profession. Do um, people ever actually, like, sit down, like, lie down in a couch like Well, that, that would be psychotherapy, yeah. what was going on there. So that's what they do in psychotherapy. They actually lie down. Well, psychotherapy um, and psychoanalysis is a form of, like, therapy or counselling. Mm. And part of that is, like, one facet of that is, like, that free association or the the setup of the room is yours on the couch and you don't see them so you can oh, sort of come okay. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Just speak. It's more of, a, like, a relaxed way of, of talking about what's on your mind. Yeah, okay. So it does happen, but okay. um, only in that specific way of yeah. providing therapy. I Which just, I also don't. I probably just keep it all. Want to do? Like, if I have no one to look at and like no one's gonna like respond to me, I say silly things. I say <laughs> That's what stu- they want from me. I say yeah? the stupid. It doesn't mean anything. But psychoanalysis says it does mean no, something. No, it fucking doesn't. I made it up. I know, but I'm making it up. They don't think that you made it up. Well, they wrong. think it was you know based. It's Jungian. 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 Is it Grandpa Joe time, man? <laughs> <laughs> What does Grandpa Joe have? He's just, he's got cunt disorder. (laughs) I don't know if I could diagnose it. He's probably a pathological liar. He probably might, maybe he's a narcissist. He does seem to only care about himself. Well, there's lots of stuff on the internet that suggests that he is um, committing disability fraud. Oh, I didn't even, for some reason I was like, I know enough, I don't need to look anything up. Because I was just like, I know why I hate him. I'm going to tell you all about it. But yeah, well, he is. He's fucking, he, well, let me tell you, after 20 years, you could not get out of bed and then do a dance number. Your legs would be atrophied. <laughs> It'd like break on the spot. It, honestly, you could you wouldn't have the strength to even there's get no out way. of bed. There's no way. And like you know, if you don't walk for like two weeks or something, you get your kids. Well, they survived on cabbage water. You've seen seven. You know the person who died, one of the victims. Yeah. Which was um sloth. Yes. And he just lay in bed yeah, yeah, and yeah. was just kept alive yeah, enough. He was, like, <gasps> he was his body was rotting. Yeah, that's he was what rotting. would be happening. Well, if also he'd have like bed sores and like if they if they never left that bed, like they would probably die. I don't know, it'd be like very unhygienic and like It would stink. It'd be so It smelly. would reek. And I think they are just shitting themselves. Well, they clearly aren't getting out of bed to shit. So, okay. yeah. So, here's here's some things that I think need to be called out for Grandpa Joe. So, okay, he's he's obviously lying about being able to walk because mm. he just gets up. So, he's, he's fucking doing shady shit out and about. Um, and <laughs> well, he, managed, he manages to buy a chocolate well, secretly. We, no he, one knows we, about it. He's committing disability fraud. Yeah, actually, yeah. He, actually, how did he get that chocolate? He, he used his tobacco money yeah, and well, okay. somehow bought one. Back to the tobacco money. Like, 
they're, they're fucking eating cabbage water. And like he says, you know, when a, a bread bread looks like a banquet, you know, blah, blah, blah. He should I got be, no business buying tobacco. He should be, he should, how long is he being smoking tobacco? Bullshit. He should have stopped that years ago. Yeah. If he's going to, he's selfish. And then his mum says, in all those years you said you're going to get out of that bed, I've yet to see you put one foot on the floor. And then his response says, well, maybe if the floor wasn't so cold. Fuck you, Grandpa Joe. Asshole. Asshole. Like, I'm sorry that she can't boil. She has to boil, she has to boil the clothes all day. She, she can't boil the floor. Well, she can't do that. But, like, she spends all day boiling your clothes. Like, where is she going to get them? It's bullshit. So, also, I looked at the age of the actor when he was, um, who played him. What's his name? Jack Albertson. Jack Albertson. <laughs> Quickly. Um, how old he was at the time. So he was 64. So, like, like you can give, let's give him, like, five years leeway. Like, he could be, like, up to 70. Yeah. So he's been in bed for 20 years. So he went to bed. <laughs> he went to bed. <laughs> no yeah. one knows why all these people yeah. are in bed. I know. <laughs> but, like, when he was, like, 50... So we're going to assume that he's lying. A 50-year-old man could definitely do work. Yeah. Like, you know. But back then, like, Charlie worked. He's, like, 10. Yeah, for fuck, yeah. Because it was, like, child labour. Yay. And also people died younger. But, I mean, this was the 60s. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And also, like, I'm thinking, okay, with timelines, I reckon maybe it was probably just after World War II mm. that um, he's, he allegedly went to bed. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it a war injury? Maybe. But I'm thinking maybe he's, like, yeah, maybe he's getting some kind of, like, uh, like payment, like veterans. Oh, No. No. Then clearly not, because oh, no, they don't have not. any money. <laughs> they don't have any money. But yeah, there's something, he's, fa- he's feigned a war injury. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, when we're talking about accuracy, we don't know why all the, the grandparents are in bed and can't move. <laughs> there's no actual, like, oh, they've got, you know, they're paraplegic or something like that, mm-hmm. which also... That would explain... Like, There's be- no explanation. Yeah. And it's almost the narrative is they're old, so they don't walk. Yeah. Like, that's just what happens they're to old They're old in bed, yeah. For individual people all at this age stopped being able to walk. They're just... They're just... Once you get to 50, you go to bed. Like... <laughs> You pack it in. It's like soylent green. Back to this. He says, he works too hard for a little boy. He should have some time to play. It's like, well, he's working hard for you because you're in bed. Yeah, why don't you get off your and, fucking ass, And then mate. he says, um, what's the difference where he got it? The point is, he got it when he brings home the bread. Like, yeah. he's like, fuck, it doesn't matter if he stole it. Like, it doesn't matter if he, like, beat someone for it. Just like, he's selfish. He gets Charlie's hopes up that he's going to win the, the golden ticket. Like, obviously, the chances are, like, five in a billion. Like, he's definitely not going to win, but he ends up winning. But he's, like, telling Charlie, like, yeah, you're going to win, mate. Like, fuck you. Like, don't do that. I just realised, Maz, he is, like, one of those... You just have to believe in it and it will it happen. happen. Like people, the secret wellness warriors manifesting. Yeah, rather than no, it's because capitalism. Like he can't just wish, and, yeah. and you know, he ends up, you know, maybe this is Rold's message. He ends up just being a good boy and wishing and hoping, and yeah, he gets and it happens. this amazing thing and his life is different. Mm. Whereas, no, what needs to happen is the system needs yeah, to yeah, change. Yeah, the system needs to, Grandpa Joe, the system needs to fucking change. And maybe. If you can actually do something, like get out of bed, you should fucking do it. Exactly. But that's kind of also like pretty like capitalist, like um, American, like put your socks up by your bootstraps, yeah. brother. But also he's a pig. But <laughs> but also we hate him, so it's fine. Yeah. No, but um, yeah, it's not a good message either way. He says things like, 
what's he got to hope for now? Let him sleep. Let him have one last dream. That's just a weird thing to say. Mm. Um, he says he's got nothing to lose, which I don't know. Like he, like Grandpa Joe might not, but Charlie has like a full life. Yeah, he's got a whole life just ahead of him. He's been in bed for twenty years. Doesn't mean that. <laughs> anyway, he's the only one that likes the boat ride, so he's clearly a fuck, <laughs> like piece of shit. And then he says, you're a cheat, a swindler. You build up his hopes and smash his dreams to Willy Wonka at the end when mm. he says he, he loses. But it's like, Grandpa Joe, like, take a look in the fucking mirror. And Grandpa Joe is the one who opened up the bottle of he fizzy fucking, fucking lifting drinks. Charlie. So He's who like, dashed Charlie's dream? Yeah, it was him. He it was did. fucking him. It was fucking him. And at the end, it's like one of the last lines of the movie when Willy's saying... I want you to come live with me in the factory. And instead of being like, oh my God, Charlie, I'm so happy for you. He's like, oh, can I come too? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, Grandpa Joe. It's not all about you. Well, apparently the original script had the last words of the movie being Grandpa Joe going, yippee. Oh, <laughs> but then that. they rewrote it so that um, he was more of a Gene Wilder's like, Charlie, you get to live forever in... in, in Whatever where? happened to the boy that wanted everything he was... What, he lived happily ever after. Like yeah, that. which I hate, but everyone loved it, um, apparently, compared to Yippee. <laughs> but it's also like, I'm glad, that, I'm glad that they didn't end it on Grandpa Joe going, yes, I got what I want. <laughs> yeah, fuck him. He's, oh. So, yeah, that's just a, that's just a taste. Um, what, you, what would you diagnose Grandpa Joe as? A narcissistic fuck? Probably. Mm. Is pathological lying, like, a diagnosis or is it a symptom? It's more of a symptom, yeah. I would say. A criminal. I a criminal. He would, he's um, a crook. He's a crook. <laughs> he's an inhuman monster. So we haven't talked about the teacher who doesn't know how to do percentages properly. <laughs> like, one, he's a shit teacher. I can't figure out 2% or something. And, but, like, the, like, even though, like, he can't obviously do maths, he, the way he's explaining it is just terrible. Like, yeah. It doesn't... Anyway, I just thought we should pepper that in. Also... The experiment is highly dangerous. Yeah, but I'm kind of in, I'm into that. Like, yeah. It's kind of like, eh. Charlie Bucket. Charlie Bucket. <laughs> I was just about to say the same thing. And I did. He's like, but he like got into that room and was like, all right, Charlie, this, I'm going to fucking almost kill you. Like, yeah. All right, let's talk about stereotypes. And I want to open up with the history of the Oompa Loompas as a character. So in the original book in 1964, there were originally African slaves. Mm. There were a tribe of 3,000 amiable black pygmies who were imported by Mr. Willy Wonka from the very deepest and darkest part of the African jungle where no white man had been before. Is that quote? That is the quote. Mr. Wonka keeps them in the factory where they have replaced the sacked white workers. Wonka's little slaves are delighted with their new circumstances and particularly with their diet of chocolate. Before they lived on green caterpillars, beetles, eucalyptus leaves and the bark of the bongbong tree. (laughs) It is extremely racist. No, so is is that a direct quote? Like the um, they're delighted with their new circumstance. Yeah, from the original book. So I got this from an article, which I'll link. I love that. So they weren't paid. Oh no, no, they were were given cocoa beans. That's like real bad. That's just like like far too real. Like there's a lot of slavery to do with like cocoa. Well, like the excuse was. Or that Rold actually gave was like, oh, that was just like a reflection of the, you know, a very Victorian thing of, of, of the times. And that was his excuse. He didn't see it as racist. It's like, fucking 60s sorry, that's not a fucking excuse, no. mate. This is from the, the same article. The novel reflects cultural anxieties that emerged in the United Kingdom in the 1960s when the labour market opened to new Commonwealth citizens from India and the Caribbean. So Grandpa Joe was a former Wonka employee 
who was laid off. Mm, I remember that. Yeah, so he represents the concerns of white British workers who saw immigrants as rivals for what they believe were rightfully their jobs. And, you know, that's a really underrepresented point of view, white <laughs> white people's concerns. I'm think so... about the white yeah, people. Yeah, think about <laughs> The fact that it's Grandpa Joe on top of that. And it's not oh, great. and, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's still racist, whichever way you look at it. And when Wonka's factory reopens with the secret workforce, Charlie says to Grandpa Joe, but there must be people working there. And Grandpa Joe responds, not people, Charlie. Not ordinary people anyway. Mm. So fucking racist. Terrible. They're not real. They're not ordinary. (laughs) So... After the movie came out, the creators of the movie intentionally like made Oompa Loompas not yeah. African slaves. It's just frustrating, I guess, how... Which is good, but... <laughs> like, it has to be another, like, marginalised... Exactly. ...people. But I also, I guess, I understand that they're, like, magical characters. Like, I'll be, oh, like... Oh, oh, yeah, so you need to be able to import, like, a group of people... Oh, no. No, no. We we don't need to do that at all. (laughs) It could have just been magic. It could have just made something up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he didn't have to become a coloniser or, like, it's it's actually very – it's pretty similar to Israel. Because what Roald did, and it was until 1973, which was after the movie, Kate was out for, like, two years, Roald decided to create a group of little fantasy creatures – so he saw them as charming, whereas the white kids in the books were unpleasant. And they are kind of like hippies that just had fun and laughed and didn't really care much about anything else. So Hippies. Yeah, they were sort of hippies and they only wore like flowers and the kids didn't wear any clothes at all and stuff like that. The kids from the factory? No, or the no, kids in no, the Oompa Loompa. Like there was is a whole, fa- you know, there were, yeah. yeah, there was like families of Oompa Loompas Pretty and enough. the kids didn't didn't wear anything and they had a great time so that's that was the ones that were in the book and they sort of symbolized 1970s counterculture yes, yes, and its yes. rejection of materialism conservative values and social and political conflict so we kind mm-hmm. of turned it into like the opposite yeah so like this article's like this transformation is a textual whitewashing that obscures the power dynamic between Wonka as a factory owner and the Oompa Loompas as his exploited workforce. Mm. So because they're kind of hippies that free love and they just do their thing, it sort of changed that narrative a bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> However, the filmmakers essentially created the Oompa Loompas as we know them now. Yes. And used a marginalised group of people, as you said, who are othered quite regularly yeah. and created a very negative stereotype towards people of short stature or yeah. dwarves. The Oompa-Loompas don't seem to be agents of good at this point. They help him with the factory, but they also just, like, like tell, like, sings, like, rude songs. Yeah, and, like, like, judge everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and they're sort of the morality makers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is also a common just, trope. Like, weird idea of morality, like, don't chew. Because <laughs> when you see short-statured actors in films, they're often playing creatures that are, like, magical or yes. give moral tales or, like, like Willow. He's a good character who ends up doing good things. Willow. Oh, you got to watch Willow. It's very, very Wait, badly kind dated. Of like, um, like a disability a, porn. No, Willow is, like, a, a fantasy film. Oh, yeah, but what I mean is, like, they're, like, the, the, the yeah, same yeah. character is the moral character. It's kind of like, like, yeah. Yeah. It's that sort of trope. And often, yeah, like, inspiration porn, too. Like, That's they, they make it happen, mm. even though they're small. What is that disability porn? <laughs> No, that's a, that's, okay. a, that's an actual thing that we say. Other common tropes that it maintains is that, you know, they don't have their own autonomy, they're slaves, they're still paid in beans, not money, in the movie. <laughs> it's like 
a special privilege, which is like yeah. a pro-slavery sentiment. They dis- like he displaced an entire people to make them all reliant on him. <laughs> because like surely the people that want to come, surely not every single Wumpa Loompa wanted to come, but also like they have children. Yeah. If they have ch- if children exist or whatever. That's a and pretty traumatic thing to go through. born into like slavery, basically. Yeah, they're born like, into slavery. Even if it was their parents' choice. It's like um, cold. And of course Wonka's like, I protected them from the, the snars the vermicious knids and whatever yeah. but like it's like i'm a hero yeah yeah yeah. Like, well, yeah are you and it's very like similar to that sort of u.s it's very yeah and Atl- like like well, they mentioned here the atlantic slave trade and it's very like co- old colonial like yes um, colonial orientalism like i'm not this is not my language but this and is also the, the stolen generation yeah. as well but like the like the colonization of africa and the um like in quotations like you know taming uh you know the savages, savages yeah and um like bringing western ideals to a player like yeah a that missionary land. thing yeah 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 which is very gross english, gross 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 very gross. english very 1800s yes other things they have they're devoid of personality or flair they don't have their own names they do they're all flair. the same they do little colors. yeah but they have the same flair yeah, yeah true, true, true. they don't speak they have like no autonomy they don't do anything for themselves when Willy Wonka blows a whistle they just show up like he doesn't even yuck, talk to it? them yeah they seem to have like more fun in the book whereas like in the movie they're just like really they're like monotone emotionless as well I have, yeah like, no I don't see them smile. No, they don't show any emotion. Mm. And there are only men in the film. There's no yeah. women, which yeah, is sexist. And in the sexist. remake as well, it's only men too. It was only one man. It's only Deep Roy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They switch it for one character, which is like a bit of a cop-out. Well, it's weird because then they're like, they're clones. Yeah. It's confusing. I don't even know what that really means if you look into it. And they're obviously othered the whole way through because they're told they're, they're not real people. Well, of course they're real people. Mm. What? Stuff and nonsense. And the fact that uh, Veruca Salt's like, I want an Oompa Loompa. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. they're toys. She wants to, what, they're, like, they're objects. Like, I want to buy. Yeah, they don't have their human. own lives or anything. You it's can just purchase one. And then on the note of her as well, when, when she comes and, like, trashes the Golden yeah, yeah, Goose yeah. room, like, no one helps them clean and up or stops watching. it. Yeah. yeah, and they're just like, oh, fuck, she's ruining everything. Yeah, and Willy so Wonka's just standing there. He doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. No. And even, like, in the beginning, that weird guy that just no, turns up. He already asked him, no one <laughs> Oh, with fear of little men. Yeah, you dare not go hunting for fear of little men, which is a poem called The Fairies by yeah. someone. But still, it's like, you should be scared of little men. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Can you good. get any more tropey? No, it's not good. It's very bad. It's not fucking good. It's very bad. So I know that it came up a few years ago because um, kids for like Halloween and book week or whatever would dress up as Oompa Loompas mm. and it eventually came out like maybe you shouldn't. Well it's also because it's like orange face it's like it's kind of close to black face as well like it's just a bit well I, I haven't made that connection I don't think they would have mm. I think it's just more the fact that it's parodying a really um, messed up trope uh, and depiction. But also they have like it's like a, a they have completely different coloured skin. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of like a... Yeah, like that's a, a good point. ...for black skin. That's a good point. Well, you could make that claim as well. Unless, like, I feel like the only colour that, like, like, maybe, like, pink or yellow. But, like, if they have, like, blue, <laughs> I feel like, like that would be, like, pretty, like... Yeah. A little bit more, like, obviously this is a magical yeah. creature. No, um, I mean, like, blue is, like, racist. More or less racist? More. Blue man group. 
So yeah, I feel like that's such a major stereotype, which turns this, you know, film that we have enjoyed in our childhood into like a really dark. Yeah, it's not good. Not great. Terrible piece of history. I maybe knew about it, but maybe, no, actually I didn't know about it at all until looking at it for this. Well, it's very easy to find it now. So if, if anyone feigns ignorance and is like, you're looking into it too deeply, like, nah. Well, that's not too deep. No, it's not, not too, too deep, deep at, at all. all. At least they had the, uh, enough um, good decision making to not keep them as black. African yeah, like they knew it, they knew in seventy one that oh, let's not do this. Yeah, and I mean, I'm pretty sure the decision was like it might not fly well. We might not make as much money, but yeah. at least I don't care how they made that decision. The yeah. fact they made that decision was good. It's just not good. Just but not good. they didn't do good for uh, people with short stature. No. But also, Roald Dahl wrote it in 1964. Yeah. That's not early enough for that. To, like, no. He should not have done that. No, that's like, you know, post... I feel like that's 1800s thinking. Yeah. Well, he called it Victorian thinking, which yeah. is 1800s thinking. Like, well, you're not in Victorian times, so what the fuck? Well, yeah. If, if Lily Wonka was, like, posited as, like, a really terrible person, I can understand why that would make sense to be, like, this is an, a demonstration of how he's shit. But if it's not. It's, it's, it's not seen that way, no. how he's a good person. And he rescued them, yeah. Not good. Because I think we'll touch on some other stereotypes when we ask this question, what is helpful and what is harmful about the film? <laughs> Let's start with helpful because there's probably not a lot. Charlie's a poor kid. He's in- impoverished and lives with criminal as a grandfather. <laughs> so it's He like... supports his criminal grandfather's <laughs> habit of being a criminal. So I, it, it might be... It might speak to the fact that you're like a rags to riches, like, you know, just because you're poor doesn't mean you can't own a chocolate factory. <laughs> if that's what you aspire to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I get like, it's, I guess it's supposed to be an inspirational tone. Yeah. But the hero is never like, the hero always deserves the good thing. Yeah. They're not going to give it to some rich yuck boy. It's not realistic then, is it? No, it isn't. It's so harmful, <laughs> actually. I guess the biggest message and one that Gene Wilder says in the documentary is that it's a it's a powerful message to children saying that there has to be a limit. You need to learn those limits. You can't just have it all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was the message that I got out of it when I was younger. Be a good kid. Yeah, you have to be a good kid. And I guess that's not a bad thing, I guess. Sure. But it's also like, shamey because it's definitely one of the depictions that made me go being fat is bad and yeah. you can't be fat Agreed. and you can't eat food yeah too much and don't want too many things and you can't chew gum i always was like oh you're not supposed to choose gum according to <laughs> roll doll so yeah. i guess i won't chew gum it's just an odd thing to really like fixate on like what is your fucking problem <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> who cares I will say too the beginning credits is very soothing and lovely. Oh my god, I haven't even talked about It's the best that. thing. It's like, oh, so lovely. So lovely. Mm. Did you know when Gene Wilder eats, did you know when Gene Wilder eats uh, outside imagination? <laughs> the pure <laughs> so imagination so Yeah. And he takes a sip out of the cup. Yes. And he eats it. Yes. It was wax. It was wax. It was yuck. That's it. Poor thing. Yeah, but I don't think everything was edible in that room. No, apparently about, they said about like 30 to 40% of it was edible. Just still pretty. Yeah, still pretty good. Like, you know, there was bits that they could eat and then bits that were plastic. Anything else that you think is helpful? It's a fun movie to watch. It is. And Gene Wilder's just beautiful. Yeah. I think it was a movie that I was always like, I like this movie, even though like sometimes I'm not enjoying it. Mm. And I think it sort of 
enhanced my love for quirky films, yes. like films that were a little bit weird. Also, like that bit in like like the boat scene, and there's like literally like some like a, a, a chicken's head getting chopped. I know like, that's fucked. The fact that that's in a kids' film like is really fucked. And like the one with the um the worm on the yeah. face, oh, makes the millipede or something. Disgusting. Yeah, still Disgusting. watching it now. It looks fucking creepy. But yeah, it's I, I liked watching. I liked the movie. I still enjoy watching it. Of course. What's harmful about it? Let's let's start with the biggest harmful thing about this movie. I think you'll all agree. Cheer up, Charlie. Oh my god, that is so fucking harmful. Not only is it, it a terrible song, can't stand it. but it's so fucking long. So boring. And it's like such a colourful movie with so much going on. And then we just have to watch Charlie like walk down a fucking alleyway for like five minutes. It's bullshit. And I feel sorry for that actress. Obviously, she didn't do anything else after this, and it's probably because yeah, everyone fast forward through yeah. her biggest moment. Yeah, and she didn't get to go to the fucking factory either. So no. like she just she was at home boiling clothes yeah. and Does she even get to go? Go to the factory. Who knows? Oh, no, she, she doesn't go, to go. to go. She gets to go. Right? In the book, she does. Yeah, but, but like, like <laughs> Willie says, um, your family can come live. Yeah, I know, but like Grandpa Joe gets all the like joy and excitement. Oh, she gets fucking nothing. I just can't stand it. I can't stand Joe. Joe. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> Joe. Him Joe. Come on, Joe. Joe. Uh, but we haven't mentioned Slugworth. Yes. Has facial deformity. <gasps> yeah. <gasps> a facial difference. Facial um, difference, sorry. That's... But I guess at the end of the day, he does end up not being yeah, a bad but person. Yeah, I still remember him as being Scary the villain. And yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, like... it's not good for people with facial differences. Yeah. So, that, like, bad, scary mm-hmm. equals scar. Yeah. And I guess that's the biggest harmful thing in this film. I think the inherent ableism mm, in mm, it, mm, mm, mm. even down to... Oh, for, yeah, I haven't mentioned I know what you're going to talk about. When, Ooh. when Willie Wonka... <laughs> when Willie... When we first meet him and he's pretending to be somewhat disabled and having trouble walking. Yes. And he looks quite frail. But it's all right, guys, it's a job. Because he does a little somersault. Yeah. But also it was... That was Gene Wilder's That idea, was Gene right? Wilder. Yeah. He actually put that in there and wouldn't do the film unless he could change that bit really? of the script. Yeah. Okay, Gene... And like he just I thought, get it. it was like a little like hee hee little tricky. Well, it like, was it was a way to make in his mind, and it makes sense. He wanted people to not know, you know, whether they could trust him or whether yeah. what they were seeing was what they were actually getting, yeah. kind of thing. And it made his character more eccentric, which I get. But it is a terrible message that, like, oh, when they first see him, like, oh no, yeah, oh, oh, he might have a disability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's okay. He's fine. It's alright. He's, he's able-bodied. He could do a somersault. It's fine. Yeah, he's actually like mobile so we like him <laughs> and there's a lot of messages in the film that being dumb in quotations mm. is bad Even as well the teacher is not bright no yeah all the there's... kids all the kids in this movie are, are, are arrogant and shit yes i think, think Sorry, that's the point i'm just like kind of like <laughs> enough with that point i'm gonna move on no but like all the all the kids like even in the classroom they kind of seem like dumb like yeah, they, they don't seem smart, enough. and they all seem to be like, "Oh, <laughs> I ate a hundred bars." Yeah, it was like, great. But that also doesn't. But also, if they aren't as smart, that's fine. But being not as intelligent is like a bad thing. Yeah, and watching TV makes you stupid. Which yeah, is stupid because like I that's watch, not true. <laughs> I watch so much TV and I'm so smart. But like, like what type of TV? You could be watching documentaries. You could be watching the news. Like. And I'm pretty certain if they were to do an actual research study saying does TV make you stupid, the answer is no. I don't think so. Yeah, I know of one study or you know set of studies that say that kids that are exposed to TV as opposed to human interaction 
gain less language, mm. like acquire less words yes. than when they're around actual people talking. That doesn't necessarily mean their IQ is affected, though. That's mm. more about language acquisition and literacy. Yeah. Your IQ is actually doesn't shift. It's It is the way it is. It is what it like is. It's always going to be the same. Pretty much, Even yeah. Though it's like bound by culture. So it's bound by not, culture, you might yeah. Know things, but, but the concept yeah. of IQ yeah. is is your capacity yeah. for learning, really, rather mm. than how much you know. Yeah. So it shouldn't. It so shouldn't it's not affect true. It. It's no. Like it shouldn't inherently In fact, it. probably improves what how much you know because if you watch a lot of documentaries, you learn stuff. Yeah. Watch well, like the type of shit. If you're watching like cowboy, you know, stupid Mike TV shows, maybe. You will be dumb. No, you won't be because we just proved that. But I'll like, just with a caveat that we're using these words in quotations, everyone. But there's also lots of words bandied around in the show, like she's a nitwit and stuff yeah. like that. And you know, maybe Veruca Salt isn't a nitwit. Maybe she's actually quite smart because she manipulates her parents. I reckon well. Veruca Salt is highly intelligent. Well, she gets what she wants. She does. I reckon she's got a really, she's got a really sharp mind. Yeah, I think she's very smart, actually. I think I could be a best friend with her. Yeah, she's just a best friend with her. <laughs> I just think she, she has been failed by her parents and probably needs to just learn, have better role models. That's the case with a lot of these kids. Yeah. But that's only mentioned in the movie, like, once when the Umpa Lumpas. Yeah. The Umpa Lumpas. say it. Yeah. Also, the message around behaviour in that it's very black and white. Like mm, this. Good, bad. And even good eggs and bad eggs. Yes. yes the actually, bad egg goes down the chute. The good egg becomes a golden egg. I wrote that and I forgot to mention it. But yeah, it is like there's, yeah, it's either good or bad. Yeah, it's and very Veruca bad. And is bad and her dad is bad. Like, And Charlie is good. Good. Which is just not a good way to A, view the world and B, like, do they have to just be good? They could. I could, I could be bad but I'm not. perfectly good at it. What? Sex <laughs> I don't care. I like the smell of it. What are you talking about? SM by Rihanna the Sun. <laughs> I don't care. I like the smell of it. <laughs> and also the way Willy Wonka decides they're bad because they do like one bad thing. Yeah. But so does Charlie. He doesn't know that they weren't going to give the everlasting gobstopper back to him because they all but got, got fucked over before they got the chance to they, even give it true, to Slugworth. He just decided they were shit. Yeah. But also, they don't know that Charlie isn't like. So Charlie keeps the everlasting gobstopper, but he doesn't like. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to tell Slugworth. No. He just needs to, like, he could just be like, nah, fuck it, I just want to go home. Yeah. What if he wasn't, like... But, yeah, I do think that the nuance is missing and it's sort of suggesting that if you have parents like this and you chew gum a lot, you're a bad kid. So it's, like, if you have parents like that, it's like, well, what the fuck can you do to change that? I know. Like, Roald Dahl is saying you're inherently bad and you should just go down the garbage chute. And if you're fat, don't even get me started. Well, and that's, that's my last point is that body shaming... I think that's probably like the for me is like the, the biggest most message obvious like shit because I guess there's also that people that equate being fat with being bad yes and being greedy yes all those traits kind of like roll into one the specifically that that visual element of being fat mm. like you could you could tie being fat and greedy being fat and bad like you could tie fat with so many different things yeah but that they just seem to go hand in hand which isn't incorrect mm-hmm. but so Usually. i reckon it's like the it's, worst part it's probably perpetuated a lot of fat phobia in yeah. the world because there was actually saw a, a 
I think it was a TikTok, I can't remember, maybe an Instagram of Disney princesses, their waistlines compared to the villains and their mm-hmm. waistlines. Mm-hmm. And it's very much similar yeah. in Roald Dahl. Like, look at Miss Trunchbull. She's yeah. a big gal. But, yeah, like she, yeah she's also, like, just large, like, yeah. tall. Whereas Matilda is tiny. Yeah. What else is that? James and the Giant Peach. I don't really remember who the villain was. BFG is big and friendly, so oh. that's different. Oh, Valdar's doing the work. Oh. He's really... um, the witches. They're... Well, the witches are secretly ugly. They're ugly, like um, Anne Hathaway's hands. Yes. She apologised for them. And it, I don't know, like, Roldal really wants to comment on adults being terrible, but also kids being terrible yeah. mostly. So it's like, what, what are you doing It's here, really like? depressing. Like, growing up is bad because, you know, Willy Wonka only wanted to let a kid run his factory. Yeah, because adults have too many of their own thoughts. You can't trust them. Yeah. Also, he's so negative about kids as well. Yeah, so, so I don't get it. He just loves Charlie. Also, like, I feel bad for Charlie. Like, he just wanted the money or the chocolate. Instead, he gets an entire empire. That's a lot of pressure on a kid. Like, there was the agency. Does he get a choice in the matter? No, he doesn't. That's the whole point. Does he get to be like, no, thanks. I'm all good. I just want want a life-size, a lifetime chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's what I would want, too. I don't want to actually have to run a fucking huge business. And also not even be able to change anything about it. Yeah, so, you ha- he has to do exactly what Willy Wonka yeah. wants. And he's not even going to inherit it for like maybe 50 bit, years. Maybe he's a bit narcissistic in that way, old Willy. Well, I think we've talked for long enough about yeah, Charlie, even me. though we could complain about Grandpa Joe a little more. I, don't, I think I've covered all my points on Grandpa Joe, though. Well, you know, there's actually a lot in the internet about how bad he is. Oh, and about how, um, so Mr. Joe Peck, Mr. Joe Oh, Mr. Joe Peck. I I also love that the teacher's name is Mr. Turpentine. It's actually Turpentine. Oh, yeah. That's not as nice. Well, that's it in the book anyway. I like Turpentine. Yes, me too. (laughs) Um, Mr. Joe Peck, it's like, say hi to your grandpa Joe. (laughs) It's like, bitch, like. You haven't seen him for 20 years, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. Is Grandpa Joe secretly He's sneaking, sneaking out. out and having some beers with Mr. Joe, Mr. Joe Peck? Peck. <laughs> Grandpa Joe are fucking around. Like, <laughs> wilding out. I reckon Grandpa Joe's cheating on Grandma Georgina, maybe. <laughs> or the other Josephine. <laughs> Grandma Josephine. Oh, well, you don't know what goes on in that bed, really. Oh. <laughs> Yuck. Yuck. It would be so smelly. <laughs> Yuck. Oh, poor mother of Charlie. Shall we go through the scores? Oh, yeah. Oh. oh. Yeah. So lived experience, um, which I think it doesn't get a point because I've just like. Brutal. It just did so so bad for um, disability in terms of the Oompa Loompas that. Um, yeah, we're going to give There's just no way we can give it a point for anything. No. Accuracy. Well, it's not. It didn't really purport to do anything, so I don't think we can grade it. No, I don't know. And there's stereotypes. There are stereotypes in there. We They're very bad. They're bad stereotypes. And then uh, helpful, harmful, harmful. As much as you know, I still enjoy watching the movie. It, yeah, harmful. I'm gonna give the movie half a point for enjoyability. Okay, that's not really in the criteria, but fine. For for um, the suspense is terrible. <laughs> I, I hope, hope it'll, it'll last. last. That's what the half the point gets. Well, I think, Maz, when we have a spare moment, uh, we should do a little bonus episode on Matilda because we've wanted to do Matilda for a while. I wanted to have its own episode, actually. Yeah, but... Because it's really... I can't do all Roald Dahl all the time. 
Okay, we'll think about it. Let's, we'll take this off, off mic. Oh, we'll take, should we take it off screen? Take it offline. Take it offline. Have you not ha- used that term yet in your new job? No. I'm we'll really... take this offline. Yeah, no, thank you for no. joining me on my podcast right. in our actual house. Hopefully by the time this comes out, you know I'm political. I can't hide it anymore. We have <laughs> oh, she's new, been doing such a good job of hiding we that. We have a new Prime government, Minister. but maybe not. Thank oh, you. yeah, we've got to go look at the uh, results. We'll see oh, where we're at. Lord. Should have a pretty good idea soon. But, yes, thank you very much for listening. Do not forget, don't forget to subscribe and mm. rate and review us. Give us an iTunes and a Spotify. You can review on Spotify now, did Bitch. you know? Amazing. Also, good pods, good times. And also follow us on Instagram and join us on the Patreon as well. For and just shut the fuck up. Loads of bonus content. Let me plug myself, Maz. Fuck you. Okay. Bye-bye, guys. Love ya. Love ya. Bye. This podcast is not designed to be therapeutic, prescriptive, or constitute a formal diagnosis for any listener. For a longer version of this disclaimer, please check the episode notes on your podcast app.